Thomas Jefferson School, or TJ, in St. Louis, Missouri, is a unique place. A boarding and day school with a small community of students from all over the world, our mission asks us as educators to provide the strongest possible academic background. Our mission also asks our students to desire to lift up the world with beauty and intellect. Our graduates go on to wonderful careers after TJ, and this series intends to capture the stories of our alumni. In this episode, we'll speak with Hall McAdams. Hall is a graduate from the 60s, and after going to TJ, he eventually found his way to law school at the University of Arkansas. After that, he had a career in banking where he and his family saved a community bank, brought it back from the brink, and made it successful as a important part of the community in Little Rock, Arkansas. Hollis had some time to reflect and think about his time at TJ and how it's impacted his career. I think this conversation will be a really interesting one. Well, Hall, uh, it's really nice to be able to find some time to talk. Uh, where are we finding you today? I am at uh, my home, uh, my home office in, in uh, Dallas, Texas. I am originally from Arkansas, grew up in Arkansas. Uh, spent my entire life until I was 60 in uh, Arkansas and then moved to Dallas. So uh, it's been a while since since you've been at TJ. If we could kind of rewind uh, to the beginning, I'm kind of curious, how did you find TJ and how did you learn about about the school? Again, I'm from, I'm a, I'm from a small town in Northeast Arkansas. was born in 1946. I guess when I reached about age 14, that magic age when uh, my father and Robin McCoy used to say, there's, there's a glimmer possible intellect. Well, I, I had reached that stage and I was ready to leave home. I, I just wanted to go anywhere. And my father knew a fellow whose son had gone to TJ uh, named Thayer uh, back in the 50s. <laughs> and the way he found out about it was... Uh, through a, uh, a, a contact at Princeton. So as I say, my father was fully on board with me leaving. He thought that was a great idea. He had done the same thing as a young man. So we looked about and uh, TJ was mentioned very favorably by two or three contacts. And so that's, that's how we found out about it is basically through a a local businessman uh, whose son had gone to TJ. And we've had over the years a number of, uh, number of students who have come through from Jonesboro. Even recently, one of our, our recent grads, uh, just about five, six years ago, uh, was from Jonesboro as well. Oh, so, really? Yeah. Uh, and she ended up being a really great uh, student. I got to teach her in, in math, um, but she was also... Uh, on our soccer team and is currently still the record holder for the, the most goals in a career. <laughs> well, of course, yeah. you know, we, we Arkies are just bred that way, man. <laughs> just okay. Overall excellence. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, so you make it to TJ. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about your experience there, academic, social, uh, anything uh, that stands out? My background was in uh, the small town in Arkansas. And, and I, I, was, I was not a star pupil. I was okay. Uh, there were a few subjects where I, I was 
uh, pretty good. But as I say, I, I just wanted to leave town. And I, I mean, probably if I'd been of military age, that would have worked as, you know, I don't mean to be diminishing TJ, but I just was ready to spread my wings at the age of 15 and do something. Get out of Jonesboro. Uh, not that I dislike it. it. It was a wonderful place to grow up and so on, but I was ready to leave. And so I, when I went to TJ, it was, it was perfect in that it was completely other from any experience I'd had. Small, and at that time it was all boys. There were only, uh, there were four classes, uh, and there were only, at, when I got there, I think they were maybe at their nadir as far as enrollment. I think it was 36 boys were in the school. Uh, but it was, so it was all male, which was also very different from the normal public school experience across probably America in general, at least at that time. And so, and it had a very, to me, very uh, Mr. Chip's atmosphere to it, the English boarding school, or what I imagined that would be. You know, I'm a kid, I don't but that it, it was just a perfect place and to me I, I have described it sometimes as it would be like uh, and, and it was hard i knew that i was in for a very tough academic endeavor and it was so in that regard it was just perfect because again it was it was a complete change of atmosphere both academically and just physically being in a new city uh, I did make honors my first year, uh, but I was not scholarly. I was not a star pupil. Uh, but hey, you know, without us C students, there would be no foil for the A students, would there? You know, somebody has to be mediocre. <laughs> but but I absolutely loved it at TJ. <laughs> but it was perfect for me. You know, I've often thought about it. Uh, in a little episode I had with Robin McCoy in my junior year that, you know, effort, working hard, that, that's a good thing, but that's not the goal line. Uh, output, what you actually accomplish is, is what counts. And, 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 the, and, and, you know, that's a nice kind of Great. life lesson. You know, I, I could... I could do, do more push-ups and work out harder than anybody imaginable, and I'm not going to be Tom Brady. Although that, that may not be a good analogy at this point in his career, but but you get you you get my point. Is it <laughs> um, hard work alone uh, does not get it. You have to accomplish something, and that's that's not. Uh, well, sometimes that view of life is um, challenged. When I look at the students now, and, and again, this is kind of, it, it's, uh, it's from reading the newsletters, from talking to you and others at TJ over the years, the quality of the students is incredible. I mean, I would, I would never have made it on the team. Uh, with the standards 
that you have today. Uh, so again, in retrospect, I feel very lucky uh, just as far as the timing, <laughs> my age, when I was able to get into TJ, because I'm pretty sure if I, at, at, the, at my age of 15, if the standards then were what they are now, uh, they would have uh, suggested I go elsewhere. Uh, so I'm, I'm uh, as I say, I'm just knocked out by the quality of the students. Uh, it's, uh, <laughs> it's kind of frightening. As, as a teacher, I can say that it made me a better professional working with such high quality students. They, uh, they, they don't let you come in on an off day <laughs> or have an off day, right? You really have to, to bring your, your A game every single day. And that just makes you a, makes you a better teacher. It makes you a better uh, uh, student and peer. I think when there's that expectation that the classroom experience is so high, uh, everybody is, is elevated there. We talked a lot about the academics. Uh, is there anything that stands out about the social experience? You know, your classmates, your roommates, um, any kind of stories or, or things that stand out on, in that respect? Well, I, I noticed in your uh, suggested uh, you know, topics for commentary, one of them was, did I have any funny stories? And, and it's interesting, I don't, uh, which is odd because uh, I, was, I, I will say I, I was noted among the faculty uh, as the guy who always was quick with a joke and had a good sense of humor. So there was always a lot of laughter and joy in that way. But I, I really can't think of a, a particularly funny story. As I say, it, it, was, it was only 36 students then, so, and it was all boarding. So clearly you became very close to all of the students and they were your buddies. And my best friend still that I met at TJ is still a best friend. My roommate and I were room, roomies at TJ all three years. Mm -hmm. And then when we went to college, we were roommates the first year of college. So we were, as his mother once observed when I was visiting his home during Christmas break once, and we came down after a night of revelry and were evidently grousing at one another. And his mother turned to us and said, you know, you two guys remind me of an old married couple, you know, and, and we still laugh about that because we were very close yeah. and remain so. So that, that was unusual. You know, this, this kind of is on that social aspect, but uh, one of the reasons, at least in the written work from, from Charles Merrill, Robin McCoy, Graham Spring, one of the things that they liked about St. Louis was the ability to go to the theater, uh, to, the, to use some of the, the local uh, amenities that are in St. Louis. As a student, do you remember going out much to, uh, to, the, to the zoo, to the museums, to the theater? Back to my background, small town, Arkansas. And I remember this is in the late 50s when I, this was in the 50s when I grew up you know, in my grade school years forward, was in a small town. So I go to St. Louis and, and, a, and a com or standard event was for uh, the, the students to be taken to operas and symphonies and such, which I had never uh, been to. I'd never been to an opera in my life. 
What was your first uh, first impression of seeing an opera live? Well, now I will say my first impression of one that I saw in St. Louis, but I, I had a, a preconception about opera as being this, you know, a little bit too adult, you know, <laughs> and and I will say that 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 first opera uh, probably fulfilled that preconception I had. Uh, I mean, I enjoyed it and, and it was something new, but as an aside on that talking of opera, <clears throat> I still remember Matt, uh, uh, Robin would, would uh, pick out, uh, you know, eight or 10 students every summer to go to Florence, Italy, and we would stay in Florence, uh, which in was a wonderful idea because as, as Robin always said, you know, this, the, the, the old American plan that so many like my sisters uh, did when they were in high school, where you, you go with a, a group and, and it's, uh, you know, a new city every day. And you have, to, and when you wake up in the morning, you have to pull out your calendar to remind yourself of where you are. This was, and in his view was that is completely wrongheaded and I fully agree with him. So we would go to Florence and spend two to three weeks in Florence. Uh, and my roommate and I got to know some of the locals. I had a girlfriend there who's, <laughs> she was the daughter of the fellow who ran the, the uh, pensioni from the state. But anyway, so through her, we got to know a lot of the local Italian high school students and would hang out with them. Well, we went to an opera there one evening. That was our, you know, assignment. And I thought, oh boy, this is, you know, I'd be, I'd much rather be with these high school kids and, you know, but I thought, okay. So I go to this thing, Matt, and I, I've forgotten what, it doesn't, doesn't really matter what the opera was because it was like going to a Willie Nelson concert or pick, you know, pick your pop star from, I mean, the Italians, if someone sustained a, a high note with particularly, with particular acumen, the crowd would go nuts, would be throwing roses on the, yeah, I mean, as I say, it was completely different from this atmosphere of this very uptight, uh, view that I had had before and have since experienced. But the Italians, uh, you know, again, kind of, you might say typical of, of my preconception about Italians, they, they just made it a lot of fun. So, so going from, from TJ, so you went from, went from Jonesboro to, to TJ um, and had, had your uh, high school experience at TJ. What, what happened next? What came next? And how did, how did TJ set you up for that next step? Um, and then kind of let's, let's go from there and, and talk about what's, what's happened post-TJ. It's hard. To, I mean, I don't know how it's done now, but basically Robin, who would by that time, by the time you graduate, he knew you well, knew your strengths, weaknesses, personality, so on and so forth. And he would pick out what he thought was the college you needed to go to. And so Robin had chosen uh, Johns Hopkins for me, 
and um, a lot of dreary days and so on. Well, my roommate, he had chosen this new school in Sarasota, Florida called New College. So we get back from our meeting with Robin where he had told each of us where we were gonna go to school. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we threw our brochures, our college brochures on our beds and were, you know, talking. And I looked over at my friend's uh, bed and, and there are these brochures of beach, sunshine. I said, Craig, where, where is this? I said, well, he says, it's a new school then in Florida, but uh, Robin thinks I would fit in well. And I said, that's where I want to go. I said, I said, you know, that's what I want is a little beach and sunshine and so on. So anyway, so that's how I ended up going to New College in Sarasota, Florida. It had just started the year before. It had started in 64 and I graduated from TJ in 65. And uh, so I went to uh, school in Sarasota and, and that was also a wonderful experience. It was as the, the difference in going from Jonesboro to TJ was, it was the same degree of difference in going from TJ to uh, New College in that number one, there were no rules, zero. You had no quit, no uh, tests. They ran it on the English system. It was New College was named after New College Oxford. And that, that was their uh, structure was to structure it as a British university. So there were no, no, uh, you know, and if you didn't go to class, who cares? You know, nobody's taking role. I mean, everything, just almost every precept at TJ uh, turned it on its head. And that's what you had. And that was a liberating experience. It, it was so liberating <laughs> that academically, uh, as a professor of mine there said, he said, you know, you're not, you're not really a, college dropout, McAdams, you're a college drop-in. So another, uh, another major change, right, going from Jonesboro to TJ, TJ to New College. Um, exactly. Yeah. What, what came after? What? So after New College, I ended up going to the University of Arkansas and went to, ended up going to law school at the University of Arkansas. I did have a little hiatus uh, working for the government when I was drafted during the Vietnam. Uh, my father, who had been a, who was a lawyer in this small town, uh, hometown, uh, he changed professions and became a banker. He, he bought controlling interest of a bank that after law school, depending on which way the winds were blowing. If I didn't practice law, I would go into the family business. I had two older brothers-in-law who were in the banking business. And we were offered uh, a chance to purchase a, the, what had been the largest bank in the state. So long as you so I get through law school and I go down to work at this bank in Little Rock that we had just recently bought. 
And so I never practiced law, but as I always would tell my law school buddies, I said, I supported all of you guys because we were, we were constantly, we, we used legal services uh, 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 in a big way. I, w- I would imagine that that would be very big for the, the city of Little Rock, right? You- well, well, we did. We, we found out that uh, they were just so pleased that somebody stepped up and bought it because he said, literally, he said, we had uh, 75 bank examiners in a motel in West Memphis, Arkansas, and they were getting ready to descend upon the bank the next week to take it over and put it into conservatorship. Wow. So you came in at the last minute and Yeah, and I thought, boy, how lucky are we? Right. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, this experience of of really saving saving the bank in Little Rock led to a few other opportunities. Uh, I know we've discussed before some of the work you've done at, at a board level, both, uh, both at TJ and, and at um, University of Arkansas. I wonder if you uh, could share a little bit about that and um, that experience, uh, even, even briefly. Well, I, I, was on the, I was asked to be on the board at TJ the early, very early 80s. Mm-hmm. And I think I was on the board for 10 years. Uh, I know Dan Little, that's where I really got to know Dan, because Dan graduated from, he, by all, all of you listening, Dan Little graduated from TJ, and I believe... It's 1961, yeah. Okay. As you and I have talked about it, I think uh, in the 70s, that was a tough time for all educational facilities, even public publicly funded institutions were uh, financially in very dicey situations because of the demographics of the, of the baby boomers. You know, suddenly they had all this capacity that had been built up over the previous probably two decades and suddenly it evaporated and TJ felt that even more, of course. Uh, So there had been financial problems. TJ came through it and kind of they were on the upswing by the time Dan and I got on the board, I would say. Well, I was just kind of uh, curious about how that was. uh, So you had a lot of experience as a student at TJ and then coming back at uh, as a board member, I'm sure it's a very different focus. You're, you're thinking about different things. What are, what are some of the things that stood out during that time? It, it, primarily, I would say that it dealt with financial stability. Uh, they did, I think while we were on the board, they, uh, I think that's when TJ uh, did, exp- did uh, start, it became co-ed during that period, I believe. And also they uh, began accepting uh, day students, which interestingly had never been allowed. Even even if a student was from St. Louis, they had to be a full-time boarder. So all of those were, I think, good changes. Well, I think you would have been around when they added uh, middle school. I think that that would have happened around that time. That, you know, again, that's probably correct. Yeah. Um, yeah. So and, yeah, definitely some major changes, but yeah. it, it sounds like the main focus was on 
financial stability and just kind of coming out of that that time in the 70s where as you said everybody was was really really trying to make the best of education so as i said so so those were significant changes as far as the students were concerned but as i say to me the important thing was that tj maintained its as i say its ideology of the way it's pedagogical techniques it maintained those which i think was the to to come through those trying periods of the 70s and these changes in the student makeup and and be able to retain and hold on to those ideological principles i think was uh i don't know if it was astounding but it was certainly good and and it feels like the that has continued to today. We, we still have the vision of um, strong academics, right? And a, a community culture and this, this idea of learning for the love of learning and trying to really instill in our students that, that appreciation for curiosity, for, for uh, learning how to learn, um, those still hold true today. And, and that's pretty, I think it's, it's special. Yeah, I do, I do too. I think, you know, back, kind of harking back to my uh, entry into TJ um, and, and the differences. And so, the, and there, there, were, there are obvious differences, but they're also very rare. And that is, you know, the, the fact that, um, number one, you were given a quiz in every course every day. And so if you were um, slacking off, it didn't take the faculty uh, two months to figure that out. Right. They, they knew it by the end of the week. Yeah, you, you, know, know, on, you know on yeah. Tuesday how things are going. Yeah, and, and, and some, you know, I'm, I'm sure there are those that would criticize that. I don't. I think it's, again, to use a sports analogy or I'm an old B.F. Skinner devotee, his precepts, constant reinforcement is the way to go. Right, right. I mean, again, sports analogy, you certainly wouldn't run a sports team by just having the coach come out once every month or two and <laughs> look at some film uh, footage of the game and say, oh, well, Matt, uh, you know, you really should have run to the left instead of the right here. <laughs> well, you know, you, you, you need constant. And that's what's, that's what changes behavior. Yeah. Is. yeah. And so, so, so that was a huge change, daily quizzes, plus the fact, probably more importantly, is that I don't know if it's still this way. You, again, you probably told me and I've forgotten because I presume it's the case, and that is the classes were 35 minutes. Yes. So we didn't have these lengthy class periods, and none of them were lecture classes. Mm-hmm. Right. That is I mean, that is certainly true today. That the the energy in the classroom, student voice is really important. As as we're uh, recording this, this is during COVID, and so our class times have adjusted slightly. But yes, we held true to that thirty five minutes up until this year when we needed to make some adjustments. Um, but yeah, the the class energy, the class participation, extremely important. There's I don't think students have the the um, 
if if we were to try and do a lecture style class, the students might might revolt. Um, yeah. they, they expect to be a part of the conversation. And, and so as a result, and you know, you didn't if you're studying Shakespeare, you don't uh, you don't have Donald Potter tell you, give you a lecture on what Iago's soliloquy meant. He would he would ask you, say, what you know, Matt, what do you think of this? Right. Then it asks them, and, and so, and, and there were times, there were times when we all, it was like, darn, I, I wish he'd just give us an answer, you know, that never happened, right. that never happened. Oh, I, I frustrate my students uh, when I was teaching all the time, but <laughs> they said, I hate, I hate going to you for help because you never answer the question yeah, directly. It, it, <laughs> precisely. It's, well, what do you think? Right, you know, exactly. Uh, you know, you've read it. And if you haven't, you need to reread it. You know, and and we know can, it's frustrating, but yeah. but that's how you learn. That's how and you. So you had short classes. They were not lectures. Uh, they they were basically guided discussions. Right. That's right. that's all. That's what the professor did. Yeah. It was yep. a guided discussion, and so as a result of the short class period, we were we were finished with classes by lunch. And then the rest of the day was studying on your own. Mm -hmm. And again, they didn't have someone come around and say, okay, ring a bell, say, okay, now go from geometry over to French, you know, so right. that, that, that you were completely left on your own. Which Hammer. It's very similar to, to what we do now. There's a little bit more structure, particularly with middle school students, um, as they're still learning how to navigate that. But we, we definitely hold true that we, we want to develop students' ability to kind of guide their own time and uh, really work on, their, on what they think is, is necessary, what they, they think is needed. Advisors help navigate that process a little bit, but ultimately when we have seniors who are ready to go off to college, they're, they're deciding what to do that with their afternoons entirely. Um, and, and that gets them ready for, for college and for life. As I always, I would always qualify that by saying there are certain uh, endeavors where you probably don't want to do that. Medical school, right. you probably don't want to tell the students, here's a scalpel, here's some anesthesia, uh, <laughs> take out this guy's appendix in whatever way you think it works. I don't think, you know, yeah. you, you get my drift. Yeah, uh, yeah. But, but by and large, that is a good technique. If I could, I want to switch over to ask some some rapid fire questions. Do you have a favorite TJ meal or a TJ dish that you remember? You know, it's I thought of that because I did not, but um, Vera was the chef. Mm -hmm. She ran the kitchen, and I I don't know that I did it consciously, but I did it regularly, and that is I got to know who ran the kitchen because Vera would give me extra cookies mm. and, you know, and, mm -hmm. and so on. So uh, that's what I remember is Vera was a buddy of mine and she took care of me. We've, we've mentioned a few, or you've mentioned a few teachers. I'm kind of wondering if, if anybody else stands out, if there's a memorable teacher uh, to you when you were a student. I mentioned uh, Terry Stewart earlier. Uh, he, he taught, uh, well, he taught me French 
in a tutorial manner mm. for, I guess, it may have been for all three years I was there. Plus, he was my advisor. Plus, he, he lived in the Blue House, which is where I lived initially. Mm -hmm. So he was a next-door neighbor. And Terry and I, um, well, once I got to the point where I, I could call him Terry, uh, well after school, uh, he, he became a personal friend. He came down to visit in Arkansas, and, and we used to talk regularly. Mm. Uh, and, but so, so Terry Stewart yeah. was a special guy. I, I really liked Terry, and so, he, he, he helped me a lot. Um, uh, as far as other teachers, uh, Larry Morgan, I thought was a superb teacher. I, I remember him, his teaching of uh, American history. We mentioned your, your roommate, um, Kramer Darrow. Um, is there any other student or other staff member, person at TJ who made an impact when you look back now? Well, there were many that I, I held in... Uh, well, in high regard for their academic and other abilities. Uh, you know, Ray Solomon uh, comes to mind. Uh, as we've mentioned, he, he was one of three boys from Helena, Arkansas, who all attended TJ, you know, other than Kramer, uh, who was a best friend. You know, well, Bill Rowe, of course. Mm -hmm. Bill, Bill Rowe and his uh, roommate, Charlie, something. Charles Haynes? Uh, Charlie Haynes, yeah. And they were our next door neighbors mm -hmm. in the Blue House. And uh, Bill and I got to be, I, I just thank the world, Bill. I'll always be in debt to him because he was the one who, who hired me to, to come on to be a teacher at TJ. Well, you, you, you could not have found a better uh, emissary for TJ than right. Bill. Uh, Absolutely. This might be a strange question. It sounds uh, uh, it sounds like things were a little bit quiet at TJ. But is there anybody you'd like to apologize to now? Well, I, you know, I, not really. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure there are several who who think I probably should owe them an apology. Perhaps <laughs> I don't know, sure. but uh, I can't think of any. I kept thinking, well, maybe maybe I need to apologize. I can't, <laughs> you know. Well, it sounds like if you were the the connector to the kitchen, uh, there, you were you were kind of on the good side of most people. Yeah, that's probably anyway. probably fair. How but, about uh, um, uh, is there a favorite book you have from the TJ curriculum? Well, now that I can tell you is, uh, uh, and it was it was uh, Thoreau, uh, Walden. Yeah, uh, and that had uh, you know much to do with how my, where I was in life at that time, my age, but I was just completely taken with uh, Henry David Thoreau. Right. I do remember that. Still a, a book that I think currently is in the senior English curriculum. Uh, it's kind of part of that identity uh, theme that, that we, we look at at the senior year. How about, uh, is there anything you've read recently that really stick, stands out? Or well, you know, that's, that's another, I, I, I do read a good bit. I usually have my standard over the years that I, I typically have three, uh, three books 
running. I did, uh, I, I am in the middle of reading one that is a wonderful a series of books that were, that were considered biographies of cities. Uh, what you did one on Venice and one on Rome yes. that I always yep. enjoyed. And this book that I've, I'm in the middle of now is, it's kind of the biography, you might say, of one of my uh, Arkansas towns that I used to spend some time in of Hot Springs, Arkansas. Oh, and it's yeah. called The Vapors, the uh, Hot Springs during the first part of the 20th century. Well, I've, I've made a note of it uh, yeah. to, to put uh, on the list for the local library trying to... One, one final question. How do you currently live the, the mission of TJ, which is to lift up the world with beauty and intellect? I put primacy on individual liberty. When people are free, then they, only then, only then can they even aspire to the, to, to the question you're talking about, to, to being able to answer that. Once freedom, and I, that's why I say I hate to get off on politics. I'm not going to get off on politics or political philosophy, being an old libertarian as I am. Uh, but uh, once, once liberty, individ, individual liberty is compromised, then nothing good comes up. Uh, society uh, devolves at that point. So what have I done personally? Back my career in banking and business, that's what you do. You try to build something and you employ people and hopefully provide a service that uh, makes someone's life better. Because uh, if you don't, it's kind of back to output. It's, no. If you don't, uh, you're out of business. You know, I haven't, I'm not going to get a, a Nobel Peace Prize for anything that I know of. But I think each of us does that by trying to promote certain values. I wouldn't sell yourself short there. I think, um, you know, you, you mentioned um, trying to, to run a business that I'm sure had an impact on dozens, hundreds, maybe thousands of, of lives you know, lift up the world, uh, even if it's in the local community, that's the, the world is made up of many local communities, right? And well, and, and, and a little story and to, to kind of, first off, I wanted to, to thank you for the time you've taken this afternoon. And thank you for being a part of, of this, this interview and this uh, conversation series. Well, thank you. I've enjoyed it. If you'd like more information about TJ, please go to tjs.org, or you can find us on social media. Look for Thomas Jefferson School on Facebook or tj underscore stl on Instagram. If you want to help by contributing to TJ to help support us in delivering our mission or to bring more conversations like this one, go to tjs.org slash giving. If you know an alumna or alumnus who would be interested in participating in this conversation series, or know somebody who should be, please reach out to me at mtroutman at tjs.org. You know, as, as all of us uh, experience, when you, when, you hear, when you hear yourself in a recording, right. you, you're, it's disappointing. It's disappointing. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, gee, you know, I, 